You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges away, and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, what's going on? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. There's a lot to get into with A, the Dodgers coming to town, uh, B, the, uh, the defense is coughing things up again in a, a weird series against the Rockies. Joey Bart is no longer on the major league roster. We got a lot to get into with all of this. You may notice uh, this is not Joe Shasky sitting with me. This is Sam Lubman, who uh, with Shasky loose in Boston, uh, doing all things related to Warriors and I'm sure partying and sightseeing and all of that. Uh, Sam Lubman hops in for this episode. Sam, what's going on? You got a good-looking orange hat. You look ready to go. Oh, yeah, I'm always ready to go to talk Giants baseball. And, uh, yeah, Shasky's off uh, tearing down Beantown right now with Bonte. Uh, they got their day off today in between Warrior games. So, yeah, you know, I'm usually producing this podcast by figuring out, hey, let's uh, kind of like, you know, you're, you're you're calling guys up from the minor league. So, uh, uh Exactly. I mean, the Luis Gonzalez of the uh, the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. The Austin wins, actually, of the there Garlic you, yeah. Fries and Baseball. Come on in, call the pitches, but produce right away uh, in, in your very first opportunity. Speaking of that catching position, um, let's get into it. Joey Bart gets sent down, and I'm interested not just in that he was sent down, but the way he was sent down, what was said about it. Farhan Zaidi came on this podcast just last week and really seemed to have Joey's back. I wouldn't expect anything different, but it was a little bit of an eyebrow raiser then to see him just a handful of days get sent down. It caught my attention, though, that Gabe Kapler didn't just say, hey, we support Joey. We want him to go down there and get reps in a you know less pressurized environment. He literally said he needs to go down and make swing changes. So we're not talking about hey, go think about this for a little while. We're talking about somebody who needs to go rework who he is. Yeah, and that's really what's kind of concerning with Bart is the fact if you're going to make this guy, I mean, I don't know if you want to say start from scratch on his swing, but this is a swing. I mean, it wasn't that there was a hole in the swing. The whole swing was basically a hole. Uh, he just wasn't making contact on anything, whether it was fastballs, breaking balls, off-speed pitches, he was having serious trouble with this year. Granted, he wasn't getting a ton of off-speed pitches thrown at him, but he was hitting .059 against off-speed pitches. And he missed half of the, the off-speed pitches that he saw. So yeah, it's it's not at all uh, comforting just hearing what you're what 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 Kapler's saying about Joey Bart if you're hoping that there's a bright future ahead of him. 
Uh, this feels like a major setback for him in his development. Well, it's a major setback for the organization on multiple fronts, not just the obvious in that this is the number two overall pick and somebody they had pinned the future of that position on. They had hoped that Buster Posey would hand the baton to him. And now you're sort of stuck at ground zero. Patrick Bailey was the actual Farhan draft pick the following year. He's not doing anything all that great down in the minors either, although still very early and, you know, in, in, in his career. But the reason this is such a setback, we've, we've talked about this a number of times over the last couple of years in that Joey Bart was not a Farhan draft pick. Therefore, we've wondered out loud, is this somebody who might be involved as a trade asset when the Giants want to make a big move at the deadline? Remember, there were rumors for a second that he was involved in the Chris Bryant deal last year, and it kind of made everyone feel a certain way, a little surprised, a little early. You wouldn't feel that way this time around. But Sam, what value does he have? Oh, um, I, I, I mean, I know he's still a big-time prospect, but you've now put a lot of stuff on film. As you said, I mean, he can't, he can't make contact with the baseball at the major league level so far. It's going worse than it was two years ago during the pandemic. Yeah, I think value-wise right now, I you might have to – include a prospect with him just to get someone to take him off your hands at this point. It, it, it's getting that bad. Uh, as far as the whole, is he, you know, the whole, is he a far hung guy? Is he not a far hung guy? I think, I mean, they, the giants gave him almost over 200, I think total plate appearances uh, at, at the big league level. They've given him a lot of run uh, the last couple of years. It's not like they just kind of gave him a, a short leash. He had a pretty sizable leash to work with, which, I mean, if he's not a far hung guy, far still, 100 uh, percent gave him a shot to show that he belongs at the big league level now the whole concept of he's a farhan guy so he's not tied to him stuff like that i don't know how much truth there really is to that um but i always think back to the way i look at it is i always think back to what larry bear said at the end of that 2018 season where he said we want a next gen general manager with that next gen thinking uh and what that told me is that they want someone who's analytically focused, who thinks very differently than how the previous regime of Bobby Evans and Brian Sabian thought. Now, if uh, Farhan is you know hired by the Giants a year earlier and he's doing that 2018 draft when the Giants got Joey Bart, you know, does he uh, look at Joey Bart the same way that Sabian and Evans do? Um, I mean, he could probably admit that a good baseball player is a good baseball player no matter what. But if he's looking at Joey Bart, maybe he doesn't see the him as a number two pick in the same way that Sabian Evans did. Maybe he looks at that draft and says, you know, maybe a, a Nick Madrigal who is uh, hitting 291 for uh, I think he's with the Cubs this year. Uh, he went fourth overall that year. Maybe he tries to go after a Jonathan India who went fifth overall that year, won the rookie of the year last year. Or heck, maybe he thinks he has the magic keyword that can get Kyler Murray who went seventh that year to, <laughs> to pick baseball over football, you know? So I don't think, um, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I forgot that that was the same draft. Yeah. I don't think that would happen, but I, I, I guess at one point we need to stop looking at this in terms of, um, you know, who picked the guy, um, because by the time Farhan comes in, he's, he's there. He's no longer the second pick in the draft. He's Joey. He's Joey Bart. And at times down in the minor leagues, he's looked very, very promising. He's had good springs even when he didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark in the pandemic year, he didn't look like this. And yes, while he had some solid ways about him behind the plate, he's not sparkling enough defensively to make up for swinging the bat the way he does. And 
when you're back up, back up, now your starter, Kurt Casale, is producing the way he is, which again, it doesn't knock you over, but it's it's above league average in terms of both defense and offense. You know, like why why do you need to work this hard and force everything into that, you know, force the square peg into the round hole? Like it's it's not working. So that begs the question of what did Farhan say to us about Joey Bart last week, right before Joey Bart ended up getting sent down. Uh, just to refresh everybody's memory, here it is. I think that season coming up, struggling the way he did, which is no secret. On the one hand, I think it was a development experience for him. I think he's a lot more comfortable in the big leagues now, which we see. There's just no substitute for upper level reps if you're a hitter going through the progression of high A to double A to triple A to the big leagues. And a lot of times you're up and down, you know, between just triple A and the big leagues before you master it. So I think his development arc has been disrupted again, like it's been for a lot of young players. You know, you're a point now where you're seeing some of those struggles continue, where if he had gotten in 2020, spent the whole year in AAA, and if 2021 he'd been up and down and gotten a little bit more experience, maybe we're seeing smoother sailing right now. But as our coaches have said, as Cap has said, this guy's been an absolute trooper. He's doing a great job defensively and he's just fighting through it offensively. I mean, offense is down all around the league, and I think when you look at catching in particular, I think he's still kind of hovering in the vicinity of league average offensive production for a catcher. Uh, which is a wild thought, but there's two main points to what he's saying there. And I want to address both because as they send him down, quite frankly, um, there are holes in both of the ideas. The first one is that this is an extension of his development being stunted because of COVID being forced into duty because Buster Posey was gone. I'm going to buy that as an overall premise, but not to the extent where he can't contact the ball. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's a difference between struggling offensively and not even being able to hit the ball. Like he can't contact the ball. So if, if, if you can't even put bat on ball at the major league level, I don't know. Something bigger than development is what that feels like. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's one of those things like you, you look at his like his baseball reference page or his fan graphs page. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of guys who are struggling, sometimes you can find a yeah, but stat, like a stat that says, yeah, he's struggling. Yeah. But if you look at this, that suggests that, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bad luck going on there, or maybe if this happens a little bit more, his numbers will be a little bit better. There really is no stat that Joey Bart has that you can look at and be like, well, Hey, at least he's got that going for him. Uh, he's hitting 156 this year uh, with a uh, on base 296 slugging of 300 and that's just terrible numbers across the board. He's got seven RBIs and four home runs. I think uh, four of those RBIs have come off of those four home runs. And, of course, we all know about that strikeout rate. 45% uh, this year, 40% for his career. If I were to find, you know, one sort of silver lining um, that could be like that yeah, but stat, he's walking at a 14% rate this year, which if he had enough plate appearances to qualify, he'd be 10th in baseball right behind Mike Yastrzemski. So it's not all awful just about like 98% awful cuz there really is nothing suggesting that you know there could be some sort of bad luck at work here he's well, just that, really that walk rate i do think at a, at a at a certain point becomes a little misleading too because we know that what they worked uh with him on uh down in the minors the last couple of years was 
his pitch selection and, and he was going out of the zone too often. So now I think what happened was he swung the pendulum back in the other direction where he's taking almost too many pitches. Um, a lot of these strikeouts are not swing and miss strikeouts. They're called thirds uh, because he's, he, he almost appears to be in his head about going out of the zone. So now what he's doing is he's letting a lot of balls go and that's going to lead to a lot of walks, uh, but it's also going to lead to a lot of strikeouts as we've seen. Now, the other piece of what Farhan said was that, you know, he's hovering around league average and offense is down across the board. These things are all true, but I'm going to swing the answer back to the same spot as I did with the first aspect of this conversation, which is, again, if you're making soft contact, if, um, if you're, you know, batting average on balls in play, uh, whatever is, 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 you know, showing an analytic that's in the wrong direction. Okay, fine. Your offense is down. This happened to Casali last year. I, I'm looking at it though and going, I just, I don't see someone who can consistently contact the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's that frustrating, right? Like, I mean, you, you can't, it's hard to make those points when, the the guy is 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 striking out half the time he's even standing at the plate. That's just it's just he doesn't look like a big league player right now. No, he really he just he looks completely lost and overmatched. And he's he's slowly it could be a risk where he's kind of falling into that little like gap where you're too good for the minors, but you're not good enough for the big leaguers, aka you know the the tri the quadruple A player. Um, and you've seen that happen with a lot of guys over the years. You hope that that isn't uh, what's going to happen with Joey Bart because we've seen what the good out of Joey Bart looks like. I remember, you know, way back in 2020 when he had that first base hit of his, the sound of that bat did not lie. I mean, yeah, sure, there was no one in the ballpark, so it accentuated the sound a little bit. But then fast forward to opening day this year, he has that home run on opening day. And again, it's the same sound in that sound again it's just when you hear that sound you just it sounds so promising you just yeah. oh i want more of that like if you could just do that every mm -hmm. single time like whatever is happening in that one moment we gotta giants need to figure out a way to make joy bart always be doing that because you just you don't hit the ball with that sound and not be a good baseball player i believe somewhere in there there is a good baseball player in joy bart and there's no path between a and b for these there's no set path from a to b when it comes to developing prospects maybe it's just one of those things where he's a bit of a late bloomer maybe there's a slight uh tweak they have to make in the lower levels that that'll be the you know hallelujah moment where it all clicks into place so i don't want to give up on joey bart just yet uh, i want to hold out hope but that could also just be the for some reason, optimistic Giants fan and me talking right there. Interested to see what Kirk Casale will do as the starter because he is a guy that defensively has done very well, seems much more uh, promising this year offensively, and I know a guy that the clubhouse um, will totally rally around. So, so that'll be interesting as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you're subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam, it might be, and not might be, I think, it's a bigger issue than anything with Joey Bart or, you know, the, the uh, a team that seems to fall into traps like they did in the Rockies series, for instance, where they just don't score a whole lot of runs against a team, uh, where, you know, where they should. Uh, they should be able to have more production against a Rockies team. I know the games at Oracle Park are, are often low scoring, but they go into these lulls. And, and so we can have this conversation. But here for me is a much, much bigger issue. And right now it's a poison pill within this team and it's their defense. It's awful. It, it is awful to the point where I think as a fan, you, you're very, very frustrated right now because this is that thing like a cancer that grows and grows and grows within a team and starts to spread to all the other aspects of your team. Think of the mental side of being a pitcher on this team right now. And we're watching a lot of these pitchers. We know they're underperforming, or at least their numbers are suggesting they're worse than what they're actually doing. It just cuts your legs out from underneath you when you're a big league baseball team and you can't catch the ball. Some of this is going to go away when Brandon Belt comes back, but what's the staying power there? Lamont Wade, we get it. Like a lot of their big leaguers, Longoria was out for a while. There's a, 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 a trickle-down effect on all this. But the bottom line is, there's of all the things out there that you ask big leaguers to do, to hit and to pitch and, and then to catch the ball, like there's one thing that you should just be able to do and then we'll move on to the more complicated stuff, and that's catch the ball. And they don't catch the ball. This has been the worst run of Giants defense I've seen in a long time, and I think it's it's affecting everything that has to do with this team. Yeah, the Giants have had some doozies on defense over the years, but it just it seemed to have hit a whole new level this year. I think a perfect encapsulation of it, really, you look at the fourth inning today against the Rockies, and you just – you're banging your head against the wall and scratching and just one of the most bizarre sequences ever. I just want to take you through it really quick. So it starts off with Charlie Blackman, which of course, whenever, whenever a story with the giants involves, you know, it starts off with Charlie Blackman. It's probably this not going to be, this it's whole not series be a happy story with Charlie Blackman, right? Good <laughs> and bad. It's yeah. Right. Aside, it's giant story in two words, Charlie Blackman. Um, so start off, Charlie Blackman hit a scorching line drive right at Tyro Estrada that just drops right out of his glove. He had it. It dropped right out of his glove, gets a single out of it. Then right after that, uh, CJ Crone hits a soft ground ball right up the middle in Estrada and Donovan Walton. Neither one of them really go for the ball. They just kind of look at it as it goes by. And now it's one of those plays where maybe Brandon Crawford's there. That play gets made. It would have been a probably a slightly difficult play, but again, Crawford sets that standard as being a guy who can make that play. But regardless when you have your infielders kind of take a couple steps and then look up at each other and be like, Oh, I thought you had it. That's, that's just, that's like what happens in little league. Yep. And then you get, so it gets into the outfield. Slater picks it up, 
throws the ball wild right over Longoria's head. So now you got a second and third situation with no outs. Um, and Brendan Rodgers comes to the plate. And of course, I'm watching the game on NBC. And Dave Fleming says that, you know, we got two on and nobody out. It should be two outs, nobody on. And then literally the next thing that happens is Brendan Rodgers hits a single that makes it two to one. And it just makes it just sting all that much more because he's right. It should have been, that should have been a two out base hit, not a no out base hit that scored a run. Uh, right after that, uh, Estrada boots a ground ball from Ryan McMahon. And that's what ties the game. Now, of course, McMahon was running in front of, uh, or sorry, no, it was uh, Rogers. He booted it with Rogers was running from first to second. Rogers running right in front of Estrada when the ball got to him. So I don't know, maybe that was a distraction. Maybe he lost the ball on that point. Regardless, it doesn't matter because yeah. You, you still booted it. That leads to the game to being tied. Then you got Jonathan Daza singling up the middle in an inning that really should have been over because that should have been right. out number three right there. And suddenly a, a 2-0 Giants lead implodes into a 3-2 deficit. And if you're Logan Webb, I don't know how you're not screaming explicatives at yourself on the mound, you know, like Jake Peavy used to do. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by I, I, I feel like, listen, big league ball players know all about slumps. And so you can go through a period of time where you're not hitting the ball. You can go through a period of time uh, as a pitcher where you don't quite have the, the velocity. You've got dead arm, whatever. These things are all part of baseball. But it's a morale killer. It, it, it is a confidence killer when you can't make the plays that you're supposed to make. The simple ground balls, fly balls, line drives right at you, whatever. Like this is not – that. it's that kind of stuff that makes you feel like – I mean, are we even watching the big leagues right now? Is this big league baseball? And so that to me just filters all the way into every part of you as a ball player. When you're a pitcher and you're asked to get five outs in an inning, it kills your whole day. Yeah, it absolutely kills your whole day. So this part to me really needs to be fixed. And, and it's frustrating. I get that there's been an organizational plan to say, look, we're going to give up a little bit on defense in favor of something else. And I'm fine with that. It worked last year, but that means to me, when you give up a little bit on defense, that means I'm going to give up a couple of feet of range in left field and put Darren Ruff out there, or I'm going to give up a little bit of slick glove work at third, and I'm going to put Flores over there instead of Evan Longoria, uh, what, whatever. It doesn't mean let's put people on the field who can't squeeze the glove when the ball comes to them. You have to make those plays and what's hard for me is just like we do when you're coaching youth sports you get mad at the mental stuff not the physical stuff and to me as much as you may look at defense and go well that's physical I don't agree this is mental there's a defensive yips going on right now defense is about concentration same reason the Warriors lost their game uh, in game three against the Boston Celtics because they wouldn't rebound. And what's rebounding? It's effort. It's positioning. It's mentally getting yourself ready to outwork the opponent by doing the right fundamental things on the court. That's not happening with the Giants right now. Um, if you can't hit a 98-mile-an-hour heater, fine. We can discuss that. you got to be able to pick up a ground ball when it comes to you or, or your team is not going anywhere. And, and this is this stretch right now for me, most frustrating stretch of Giants baseball in the last year and a half by far, because at a certain point, yes, their record is still more wins than losses, but you can't insult us. We know when we're watching good baseball and this team's not playing it right now.
No, not at all. And this is, you're never going to see a team in any sport, not just baseball, basketball, football, hockey. If you have a bad team, you're, you're not going to go very far. You know, some teams are good enough to where they can offset a bad defense into the playoffs, but you're not going to go anywhere when you get to the playoffs. And right now the Giants are still, I think, barely clinging on to that sixth seed. I know the Braves are breathing heavily down their neck, but if this is the defense the Giants should be having for the rest of the year, unless something is done to seriously address this, this is not going to be a team that has more wins than losses for a lot longer. Uh, you can't, you can't, when the defense coughs up games like this and costs you a series against the Rockies that in a series that really the Rockies were a sitting duck for the Giants here, that just shows that if you can't handle this series, now coming up next, you got the Dodgers. Right. Which that's a team where if you make one mistake, they will make you pay out the wazoo for it. Not like the Rockies who are, you know, they'll try and let you get off the hook for those mistakes. So yeah, it is a mental thing. It is an effort thing. And it just shows like, like, again, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> how is it that we were playing little league baseball at the major league level? Like this is where you have to get those mistakes out in spring training or in the minor leagues. And again, granted Tyro Estrada, you know, guy who's kind of found off the scrap heap, Donovan Walton guy who would be in the minors if we had, you know, if the Giants had the full healthy roster going right now. But still, if you're at the big league level, then you should be able to do, you know, basic stuff. Like, like you said, squeeze the glove around the ball or make a diving play for a ball that's going up the middle. You guys got to communicate. And you're just not seeing that on the Giants. And it forces pitchers into horrific situations where you're not in a strikeout situation like Logan Webb was in the fourth inning, where you're not trying to strike a guy out because, it's like a one out, you know, guys on second and third. You just want to try and re, you know, gain control of the inning. You're in a strikeout situation because any other option is just not going to work. If the ball is put in play, you're thinking that that's that's it, that you can't do that. And once you're in that situation, you've already lost. Like you can't pitch in that situation. I just wonder what this is like behind closed doors because as we saw last week, when Jake McGee was left off the lineup card, Gabe Kapler was wildly embarrassed and bothered. And he he gave it to Kai Correa, uh, whose job it is to put that lineup card together. And the reason for that is because, as Gabe said after the game, we are meticulous. We are meticulous. We don't make this kind of mistake. This is directly against our philosophy, our way, our approach, all of that. Now, yes, there's a physical aspect to defense. But I got to wonder, uh, for a guy and a staff and a team that is based on being meticulous with everything that you're doing as far as your process, how is it sitting then when you can't catch the ball and you can't pick up ground balls and you can't throw the ball to the right place? Yes, there's a physical aspect to it, but as we just detailed, this is mental, this is focus, and if, if, if this staff is anything, they're focused. And their team right now does not look it. And so I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. It feels, though, like we're getting close to the kind of situation um, where, you know, somebody somebody might need to start having uh, a a stern conversation. And maybe they already have. Uh, Maybe they already have. But Gabe Kapler, as the Giants manager, has not faced anything like this so far. First year pandemic, everybody was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Second year, 107 wins, very little adversity in the standings. And then now there's this. Um, and, and it does feel like a very, very pivotal time. The Dodgers come in 
this weekend and then a stretch on the schedule where you should pile up some wins. And if you don't do it, 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 it you're, you're going to pay for that in September when you've got to face the Padres and Dodgers a bunch more times. Yeah, I think that's true. What you said, it's, it's going to have to come on to Gabe Kapler and his staff now. Um, I mean, at the same time, I think a part of it is you can only preach fundamentals so much. Uh, we had uh, Dave Fleming on the morning roast the other day, and he pretty much said, you know, he was saying this about the bullpen, but I think it applies to the rest of the roster too. At some point, the players, they need to play well. Uh, you could, you know, the analytics can tell you to do this. They can tell you to do that. Your gut can say, well, maybe we should do this. None of it matters if the guys you're putting out there aren't executing. Um, you can, you know, say, Hey, you need to execute over and over and over again. But it's like, you know, when you lead the horse to water, you, you can't force it to drink. You can get these guys, you can tell these guys over and over again to get dialed in on defense. You can do as many infield drills as you want. At the end of the day, they need to find the players need to find a way to execute. And again, yeah, it will start to come to the point where I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say right now that heads need to roll over this. But I think it's no, starting but... to start thinking about, you know, when do we have that conversation? So we're not having the conversation. We're planning out when we're going to have the conversation. But that's still, it's a bad trend to be on right now. And again, it's it's very concerning uh, with the defense right, is right now. And again, hopefully getting Crawford back in the lineup soon helps. Getting Brandon Belt back on the field should hopefully help a little bit too. Uh, it's seeming like Tommy LaStella probably won't be playing defense anytime soon. Um, he was never a plus glove. But I don't know. I'd probably take him out there right now over uh, Donovan Walton after what we saw today. Well, and Estrada after what we saw today, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of the Dodgers, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, but before we do, a reminder that you're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Share the podcast with your friends and family, too. We bring you a couple episodes a week, uh, usually on Thursdays and Sundays. Okay. Dodgers in this weekend. Based on everything we're saying, it's almost – it's almost one of those weeks where I bet fans are going into this just hoping that the Giants can get one, uh, which is really an odd feeling. Um, it's the Dodgers' first trip here to San Francisco uh, this year. And, uh, it, it, you know, it was right about this time last year when people were looking at this matchup and going, my gosh, the Giants aren't going to beat them uh, once. And the, then the Giants rolled off three in a row against them and set off, uh, a, you know, an epic battle between the two all year. Uh, I'm certainly hopeful that something like that happens again here, but uh, the, the, the timing does not feel good because their confidence is shaken. They're not hitting, they're not pitching, and they're not catching the ball, and now you're going against the best team in baseball. It, it, it's not good timing. But before we get into that nuts and bolts, what about you have an interesting thought, and this is born out of something Farhan said to us last week with regard to the construction of the Dodger roster and where this construction of the Giants roster might be going. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, with the Dodgers coming to town, I mean, first off, yeah, you mentioned that that uh, four-game series they had last year in L.A. Boy, uh, I don't know, maybe what's Mike Talkman up to right now? Maybe he can be available this weekend. Yeah, right. Um, but, no, yeah, I thought when we had Farhan on last week, uh, well, let me backtrack a little bit. One thing I hear a lot, and uh, especially, you know, with the guys I talk to in the morning roast, uh, this is a question I get a lot from Bonte Hill, uh, obviously the host of the uh, morning roast. The question I get a lot is, what is Farhan doing? What is the plan? I'm not seeing it. And so we had Farhan on last week. You know, we kind of asked him, you know, how is he going? How are the how is he going to have the Giants compete with the Dodgers? And in his answer, I think he kind of answered the question that we all have here. So I just kind of want to play that really quick and just kind of hear what he has to say on that. And I really think we've got to have homegrown talent that is 
young homegrown talent that's kind of driving the position player group. And, you know, when you look at the Dodgers, when I was there from 2015 to 18, that's when we kind of brought in Jock was a rookie in 2015. Cody Bellinger came up. We sort of added Max Muncy and Chris Taylor, you know, through different, you know, smaller deals. Kike Hernandez was in a small deal. It's almost like that group of players, the homegrown players and some of the guys that were sort of, you know, kind of uncovered finds. That provided the foundation, I think, for them to go out and start really star hunting with the Mookie Betzes and, and Freddie Freemans of the world. So, Yeah, so basically what you hear in Farhan say there is how he built up the Dodgers when he was there with Andrew Friedman is more or less the plan that he's trying to execute here with the Giants. And I boil it down to, and, and I wrote a, a piece uh, for 95.7 that'll be going up tomorrow that more or less kind of gets more in depth into this. But it comes down to it's it's a three-step process. Uh, step one, you got your guys who you know are on the roster already, and you're adding you know the supplemental players on top of that. Uh, step two, that's when you kind of start developing your minor league talent, getting your young homegrown guys up onto the roster. And then step three, which is where you know the Dodgers are at right now, that's where you go star hunting. Um, now, obviously, there's some differences between the Dodgers and Giants in terms of just kind of what Farhan was working with when he got here. Uh, versus when for when he got to uh, with the Dodgers back uh, before the 2015 season. For instance, these are the players that uh, were on the roster when Farhan and Andrew Friedman arrived in Los Angeles. Clayton Kershaw, who is starting Sunday because it can't be a Giants-Dodgers series without Clayton Kershaw. You got to get him in there. Yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, having him on the, on the roster when you arrive, that kind of helps. Uh, you had Justin Turner. You had Kenley Jansen. Zach Granke was on the Dodgers that year. Uh, you still had Carl Crawford uh, from that big trade that the Dodgers swung in 2012. Uh, Jock Peterson, we've all come to like him. Uh, Yaziel Puig, we all remember when he was uh, tearing things up for the Dodgers. Andre Ethier and A.J. Ellis and Hin uh, Hyunjun Ryu. Those are all very good players that uh, the Dodgers already had. Granted, this was a team that had won back-to-back -back division titles. So here's some of the notable players that the Giants had on their roster when Farhan arrived in 2018, or after 2018. Buster Posey, who is obviously retired now. Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria, and Brandon Crawford. Kind of where the list ends. Um, and again, that's not to disparage those four, but when you compare the talent that was on this roster compared to the talent that was on the roster when Farhan uh, arrived in L.A., the starting line for the Giants is, is way further back than it was with the Dodgers when he arrived there. Yeah. And people seem to forget that the Giants of 2018, they were in a very bad place when Farhan got here. Yes, yes. And 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 so uh, maybe they're a victim of being too far, quote unquote, ahead of schedule. The 107 wins is now going to place expectations on a team. And 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 maybe they're not ready to uh, to live up to that. Not saying they need to win 107. Uh, but I, 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 for one, will be disappointed this year if they don't win 90. Um, I will. I'll be disappointed if they don't win 90. By the way, if they don't, they better win, you know, like 88 or 89. Like that's I mean, about as far. At least I, win more games than you lose. That's well, always my, my baseline. I, that's a, yeah, that's a baseline. They've got to be, they've got to be in the high 80s, or it's a very disappointing follow-up season. And and by the way, they probably will not get that six seed uh if if they don't do that. So that's one side of it. Here's the problem, though. Here's the good and the bad of what he just said. If he's sitting there letting you know what his plan is, that's good. You can let Bonte know. Bonte, there's the plan. The plan is that you want your base, and I buy this with any team, your base, 
should be homegrown players. Look around our, our city, okay? Trey Lance, George Kittle, okay? Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Go to the Warriors. Steph, Clay, Dre, Jordan Poole. Yes, give me a homegrown base within your team. So that's fine. And and you, I guess you have that, if you will, on the back end of their careers in the Brandons and whatnot. But the problem is, is if you want to start with a homegrown base, mix in your found players. They've already done that. You've got Yastrzemski. You've got Lamont Wade. You've got your finds that you can sprinkle in uh, on this roster. Um, but the problem is the homegrown players that you thought were about to start ready to contribute. Well, we got, you just sent Joey Bart down. Elliot Ramos has been up twice. He's having a hard time hitting 200 in the minors. So are you telling me that your homegrown base is now still got to wait another year or two before that even starts to get planted? And then, then we can go star hunting, what, in 2026? Like, I mean, that, that now they've got a good enough system and a staff in place that they're going to continue, I believe, to win more games than they lose. And maybe that placates everybody in the meantime. But they're going up against two teams who are just crushing people with name value and dollars and, and, and pizzazz and, and all of that. And so I think it's a really tough putt. You've got a fan base right now that is watching a team win more than it loses. And, and they're, they're, they're not satisfied. No. You can see it in the stands. You can see it on social media. You can see it with, 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 with who we talk to every day. They're not satisfied. So that's not going to be enough. And if Bart and Ramos aren't going to work out, well, then who is that homegrown base over the next year or two? Yeah. And again, I mean, you talk about this kind of gets into kind of what that step two is of developing that, that young talent. And again, stop me if you heard this before, it's another situation where when Farhan arrived at the giants, it was in no way, shape or form as good of a situation as when he arrived with the Dodgers. Uh, do you know when uh, at the start of the 2015 season, uh, Mark, you want to take a guess as to where the Dodgers farm system ranked? Oh, I, I guarantee you it was top five. Oh yeah, no, it was they had the number three farm system in baseball. Yeah. They had back-to-back -back yeah. division titles, Clayton Kershaw, and the number three farm system because nothing in baseball is ever fair. Um, when Farhan yeah. arrived, uh, took the job at, after the 2018 season, uh, when he kind of found that the Giants washed up on the shore of uh, China Basin. You know what? Uh, the, you want to take a guess on where the Giants farm system was ranked then? I'll, I'll say somewhere in the neighborhood of 26th. You're close, 29th. Yeah. Um, again, yep. again, this is a team back to back horrific seasons, the worst September in franchise history. And they had the 29th ranked farm system. Some of the guys that uh, Farhan did have to kind of work with when he got here, though, uh, Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, we already mentioned Marco Luciano, who I feel like he's kind of become, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of this team. You know, you're our only <laughs> hope. Um, right. Yeah. Alexander Canario, Sean Anderson. I, they're no longer here. Um, I believe Canario was part of that Bryant trade. So, hey, yes, we got some value out of him. And then uh, this last name, uh, I think we can all say, has turned out pretty well, Logan Webb. Logan Webb made his debut yeah. with the Giants in 2019. So he had some good names uh, with him uh, already on the roster when uh, Farhan arrived here. That pales in comparison to the, the prospect cabinet that so, he had when he arrived at the Dodgers, such as Peterson, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Julio Urias. Alex Verdugo, who, of course, was turned into Mookie Betts Mookie in the Betts. worst trade since Babe Ruth. 
in Ross Stripling, who was also a pretty solid player. So that's another situation where it's, again, no one wants to, you know, say, hey, the plan is patience. That's never going to, you know, set with any fan base, especially the Giants no, fan base. No, Unfortunately, though. <laughs> no, but but I don't think I don't think it's patience. And, and again, uh, if anybody thinks that Farhan Zaidi is not competitive, you're wrong. You're wrong. I, I like one of the things we tried to do with that conversation is let you see a little bit about who this guy actually is versus the uh, perception of him. I, I I think he's just I think he's a smart dude. I think he's a good oh, dude. Totally. I think he's got his his plan in place. How can you be as meticulous as these guys are? I mean, you got to tell Bonte this. Oh, what's his plan? Like that's literally all he's got. I mean, if you asked him what dinner's going to be. Next Wednesday, I bet you he could answer. The man has a plan. You may not like it, but he's got a plan for sure and a big piece. And the first piece, if, if, if you're saying we need a homegrown base and you've got the 29th ranked farm system, what do you think the first plan was? The first plan was build the damn farm system. Sam, where's their farm system ranked now? Well, now he got it all the way from starting at 29th. Four years later, it's at number nine. There you go. I mean, so, that's no one really appreciates just how impressive that is. Right. And, and, and they did, did that it without quickly. having to trade any big names. I mean, he could have easily shown up and said, well, all right, well, Brandon Belt, we're going to ship you off for guys. Brandon Crawford, Arriva Darchi, Buster Posey, nice knowing you. Evan Longoria, you know, there's the door. Yeah. He didn't do that. He could have easily ripped this team down to the studs and done a full on rebuild. And I credit Farhan for not doing that because, and I have a quick story I'm going to try and tell. Uh, back in, uh, February, 2020, way back in the before times, um, uh, I got to go to the season ticket holder event where you got to kind of, you know, have a little meet and greet with Farhan and Gabe. And, uh, I was chatting with Farhan. He looked me straight in the eye. We are anti-tanking. We are always going to try and be competitive on this team. And I think that's kind of what you see with some of these, what we call them the Farhan finds is he's trying to keep this team competitive and exciting quote unquote while rebuilding. That's an incredibly hard thing to do. And he's doing it. And he he's is. doing it. He's doing it. So no one's asking for patience. But again, the only issue that could arise is you build the farm base up. You've done it right. 29th up to ninth. It'll only get better. It will start to bear fruit. But the first pieces of that tree that are supposed to bear fruit have thrown a couple of, at least in the moment, I'm not giving up on Barton Ramos, but in the moment, the two guys we thought might be the beginning of that have been a couple of pieces of fruit that have fallen on the ground and rotted. Now they, they we could replant them. Let's see, but it doesn't look like this year is going to be the year where those two guys uh, turn into something. So I believe yeah. in the plan. I think it's on the right track. It all makes a ton of sense, but by the same token, not yet. And yeah. in the meantime, not as pretty of a uh, lipstick on the pig uh, the, uh, this year as we got last year. Yeah. Um, and, Sam. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I just say one last thing. All it takes really is kind of, you know, one or two good drafts to kind of really turn this thing around. Uh, I mean, so far the, the Farhan draft picks, they've been, you know, so, so, so far Hunter Bishop, Patrick Bailey, Kyle Harrison. There's a lot of, uh, hype around him. Bednar got a lot of good reviews. Uh, so then, but with Farhan's with the Dodgers, obviously he had Walker Bueller one year. And then in another draft, I believe it was the uh, 2016 draft. He had, get this draft. He was able to uh, find Gavin Lux, Will Smith, 
Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin all in one draft. Yep. I mean, those guys are are a big part of the foundation of the Dodgers right now. So again, he can strike like this. All it takes is one good draft where he finds a couple good players and, it, and this can all turn around really fast. And then before you know it, you know, the, the Giants will be their own kind of, you know, counter death star to the death star yep. that the Giants are, that the Dodgers are. So, so I'll just say this, uh, the, the tone of this whole conversation could be very, very different come Sunday if they even just take two out of three from the Dodgers this weekend. Uh, Shask will be back with us and uh, we look forward to that conversation and look forward to you joining us for that. Sam, great job, good stuff. For Sam Loveman, Mark Willard, uh, this has been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast.